Uh, I'm going to take this moment to uh, invite to the stage um, another young entrepreneur, the man who became the deputy CEO at the age of 30 and got bored and just like Mr. Mwaku, decided to quit and pursue passion. Uh, Martin Stimela, Martin Stimela is the founder and group CEO of uh, Bristol Enterprise, parent company of Amagri and Mbota. Their mandate is to connect the unconnected today. Today, uh, Bristol is currently embarking on a three-year strategy of penetrating 19 African countries. Wow. And is in final stage of listing on the London Stock Exchange. Bristol currently is an employer of 42 young minds. There we go. How to overcome this unemployment rate, high, this high unemployment rate. Young people creating jobs for young people. Martin holds master's degree in business administration and project management. While in the corporate sector, he worked in the senior transformational roles. At the age of 30, there it goes. He was the youngest ever banking executive in Botswana as a deputy, to serve as a deputy CEO for Botswana Savings Bank. He also previously worked as informatics director for U.S. Embassy and held program manager role with Lloyd Banking Group, Jewish Bank, uh, on an RWE uh, in power in the United Kingdom. Martin, welcome to the stage. Can you just take us through your story as well? I can't. I, I just enjoy listening to this one. I mean, I was hungry when you started, but I, I think I'm full now. <laughs> I'm going to ask for 10 to 15 minutes of your time, and in this time, I want you to be happy. I want to see smiling faces. Again, did you just hear all the wonderful things that this man said about me? Ludwig, thank you. Can I have a round of applause? I want to really hype you up and prepare you for the last speaker, Umesh, um, um, who I am very, very obviously inspired to be on stage with. So I think Hotel is just going to say more about myself. Um, one thing that that did not say is that now, unlike Ray Neohan, I was fired from my last role. I didn't have the luxury to resign. You know, and I was fired not because I was not performing at a high performance level. I was fired because I just thought a little different. I challenged the status quo. I got, and that's in its own respect a good thing. You cannot be an entrepreneur and expect not to be challenged and not to challenge the way things are going. Do we all agree with that? Yes. Can I just get, just by show of hands, how many people here are entrepreneurs? How many people are in the private sector? Sorry, keep them up please. I just want to see how I tailor my presentation very quickly. How many people are from government? <laughs> okay. How many people are from the media? A little thing, You are the currency we need today. Thanks for that. Um, so just quickly, what is Braston? For some of you who don't know what Braston does and who we are, we exist to connect the unconnected in a very unconventional way. Um, what we do is we have taken 
And we have seen an opportunity that lies in people not having smartphones and not having access to enough internet. We have noticed that the people at the bottom of the economic pyramid are unable to enjoy the luxuries that we enjoy and take for granted. You know, the internet exists for just three fundamental reasons. We all want to communicate, we want to socialize. That's why I want to look at WhatsApp or Facebook. We all want access to information, that's why there's Google. Um, and we all want to prosper, we want to trade, right? That's why there's things like Alibaba, and that's why people look for information so they can see what they can do in their businesses to become better. Again, I can't think of any other reasons besides the access to information, the socializing aspect that thing, and the trade ability to prosper that we use the internet. And that is not unique to you and I. The underserved people, the marginalized, the less privileged, all have the same desires. But there is barriers that are real. The smartphone penetration in at less than 30%. Data charges are still high. Although they're falling, they're still high. Our disposable income is still very, very small. So, in essence, how the smartphone penetration and you take also the data charges, we are still looking at about an 80% gap in Botswana. Not you and I, we can afford this. The people outside of Kaburoni, the people in the underbelly of our societies who are not able to transact and enjoy these things. And I'm not talking about someone having a smartphone and being able to use WhatsApp maybe once a week or once a month. I do it. No, I'm talking about consistently using these services. We found that there was 80% of people not being serviced. As things improve and we improve on the access of internet, yes, that number will go down and we see it going down. But we need internal solutions. So while we right now are working on the internet solution over the top, we should be working on those solutions that address the current challenges now. And that's where we come in. We use USSD technology. And we give that thing the power to go off to the internet. In very simple terms, when I dial a star 118 hash, it comes to my server. Server Ayaga goes off to the internet. How to make money. It goes off to the internet, fetches information, whether on Wikipedia, Google, Facebook, and brings it down and dumps it down and displays it on a CD line. So that means that a person on a CD line actually gets access to email. A person on a study like me gets access to Facebook, Twitter. They don't have rich images because they can't get pictures on I, I'm sorry, I, I know the word Kali, but I cannot bring pictures onto a study like The technology just doesn't exist. But what that does is it gives people the ability to stay informed. We started off with an application called MAgri. Why did we start off with agriculture? We were known as agriculture. Um, Platform M Agri. Has anyone heard of M Agri? Yeah. Okay, how many people have heard of M Agri? Okay. Not a lot of hands. And the reason why you don't know about it is you're not our target market. Okay? And that's okay, again. 
you're not our target market because the people, if you go down the street or you ask your vendor, street vendors and people who knows of them, agree, do you know how many people we have on our MIG platform? Take a guess. You know, we know our In fact, we had 600,000 when I last spoke. We have 700,000 people using our application. Not even FNB has a database that day. The point I'm trying to make is that we are able to connect the unconnected in ways that currently can't be done by the internet. But remember, the internet is just also a facility, it's a gateway. So we need to find other ways that we can connect these people now, not tomorrow, today. And that's an opportunity that an entrepreneur looks for. We understand that in five, seven years' time, our business model might have gone. Fine, we don't care. But what is our business model? It's those people. Those 700,000 people, we have them. So next time when you come, your Botswana lives and want to sell insurance or want to sell funeral cover, I have 700,000 people that you can sell anything to and I have access to them right now. If I have a short-term loan or not, like, who wants 100 pula right now on my database? I can validate them and I can have people queuing up to get 100 pula to pay back. Microfinance. What I'm trying to say is we need to redefine the way we look at business. So for those of us in this room who are budding entrepreneurs, I was very humbled by what Neo was talking about. I won't talk much about my journey um, because I think for me, I always say to entrepreneurs, you're always right. You're always right. Don't go and wait. You think the Mark Zuckerbergs on Amonsahana had to wait for someone to tell them yes and validate Senebasivira. The market validates what you do. When I started this, people told me, you're crazy, that can't work. How do you provide internet via Sidilami and why would people pay for it? The networks themselves told me what this is, you're chasing a white elephant. The first day, it took three years, Bahar. No, 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 no. For three years. The first day Patrick Banon came into Orange Botswana, I went to sit with him. I sat with him and this thing will make, listen, you, have, you don't have to invest, I just need a connection into your network. I said, okay, we'll give this a go. And he didn't think about it. By within the first day, do you know how many people subscribe to our services? 50,000. They called me the following day, but I think there's something wrong here. We're seeing so much traffic. And by the way, this is before advertising. Because our model works on if you use it and you want to communicate with your friends, you add them on the platform. So they get text messages from Tewobo saying, Tewobo or Martin, Are, uh, do you want to communicate me on this platform? They say, oh yes, okay, because it's someone they trust. And then it goes viral because they add their people. When you see it, you're like, that is not for me. You don't use it. But it went viral. 
and we charge them five kula. We use the freemium model. It was free for the first month. After that, it's five kula a week. Cancel if you don't want to. I'm just trying to inspire in you ways to think around this issue. You know, all of us want government businesses and all of that. There's not enough of us to do that. But there's a lot of people here who need services. And that's why we prosper under the retail market. So fast forward to today, what are we currently doing now? We now are not, Botswana was always just the proof of concept. People asked, why home Osimum must go? In fact, we're on all three networks. Currently, we're only on Orange. And it's for the sole reason that Orange gives me access to 21 countries. If I could prove to Orange as a partner, or guys, and I give you exclusivity, Orange then sits and says, okay, if this works, why can't we replicate the same model in Cote d'Ivoire, in Congo, in Madagascar, in Guinea? As I speak to you now, we're an aggregator for Orange. All that means you don't have to worry about that fancy business word. It means that we are a partner to Orange. And as a partner to Orange, we have access to 21 countries where we can roll out our services. For you, it means that you can give me content and I can sell your content in Cote d'Ivoire and I can sell your content in Guinea. And you make a money from just being here because you gave me content. It means that by Q1 this year, we will be in Madagascar, we'll be in DRC, and we'll be in Guinea. Because when I got the reservoir at the back, hey, three countries, really hard. Botswana only has 200, what is it, 2 million, 2.2 million? And we've already had about six, 700,000 people try our platform, 150,000 use it every single month. DRC is sitting on what, 70, 80 million population? Madagascar is sitting on 30. Guinea, not the Guinea Bissau, the other Guinea, Konakare, is sitting on, I don't know if it was 40 or 50 million. The numbers are staggering, even if I get a percent of that population using my applications. This is how we need to start thinking about how we use big data, how we use the fourth industrial revolution. How do we use technology to spearhead? My company is a young company, 100% youth. I'm the oldest in that company. And I am 34 now. This year. Median age 23. I don't know 42 or 50. Do you know what they do? You know, I sometimes sit with my team, they can validate, and I say, guys, listen, this company right now, the money that I am making, I can run this company get a one because everything is on the cloud and everything runs through the mobile networks. I don't have any infrastructure. I don't need you guys. I put you here so that you guys do R&D and I give you free reign to think about whatever you want to do. And that is how we birthed Mpoza. Anyone heard of 161 White Lady? Mpoza? Yes. Where are the guys who are listening? You know? I see people watching when I'm on your text messages. Have you subscribed? No, then yes, we'll keep sending you some more. Uh, 
There's value in that. I mean, people love it. Some people, if you don't want it, don't subscribe to it. But the value is that we are bringing indigenous information to people. Those who subscribe to Mpota Local will tell you. Those who want Mpota Social get to know events and whatever is happening. You know, those who want Mpota Wealth get to know job opportunities and so forth. We have so many testimonials. And that is why I wake up every day. I'm a 4.30 riser. 5 o'clock I'm in the gym. 7 is smaller deep. You know, when you start your business, the one thing that I will ask you to do, ensure that it has a social good in it. Mix profitability with social good, I tell you it will go far. So, what can governments do? I'm about to finish, I mean, I'll, I think I'll take questions um, about our business model and whatever it is that people want to know. What can governments do? I'm sorry, but I do not buy that story. I want us to do better. I want us to do better because that was, you guys tell me the most innovative ways that you can catch out the micro and small businesses. No. Go back. I challenge you to go think of the most innovative ways that you can protect them because they're the most vulnerable. I don't know what the stat is that government makes from small and micro medium enterprises. But I don't think you guys make much money from that. I know you make a lot of money from mining and the corporates and the big guys in terms of tax. If it's less than a percent that you're making from micro, because I know because the startup ecosystem is quite small in this country, these guys need every little bit to reinvest into their organizations. Mm. For me, I say don't tax them. Don't text the micro and small until they are big enough. Grow them to such a level that you can hammer them. Where am I Zoom colleagues? They know hammering. Uh, grow them to such a level that you are now able to hammer them and really make money out of them. That can build the next school, the next um, train station or whatever it is. You know. But we need to protect these small guys. That is my one plea. I, as well as you, Hagelebelitz, integrated in the budget speech, I really wanted us to see, even if we had a tier-based model that talks about how we text or how we incentivize Baba Nimi and Nibazo, you know, we need to incubate them and protect them so that they can grow. I had nothing of that sort. It was just uh, very generic about PPPs and all that. I mean, those fine, but they apply to the big guys. But we know that for any society to prosper, the lifeline of any country is the SNMEs. We are the employers. Government cannot absorb my 42 people. I love that statue we're saying, churning out 20,000 for a space of only 2,000 people being employed. Where are they going to go? Micro, small enterprises need to hire these people. So that, these, so, so that we take the strain of government. It's the only way. So, Kaya please go back and lobby hard on our behalf. But when I think of paying bears and I think of paying my 42 guys, bears will wait. Bears will wait. That's the reality of life because these guys have to get paid first. The other thing that I really wanted to say is to financial institutions as well. We're here because of FNB. <laughs> you get it. 
You get it? Huh? Let us stop managing risk and start chasing opportunity. Let's find opportunity, guys. Stop being afraid. You know, sometimes I just wish that you guys could have a little fund aside. Just have a fund and chase those unicorns. You know, because what is value? I mean, you guys should be looking for value. Value is not just in the nominal figures of revenues and profits. That's for the now. Don't ask me what I can give you. I have no assets. I'm in the services industry. I have zero cars. I have zero buildings. What I do have is a database. And that database, you need to find a way that you can actually monetize and see value in that database. When WhatsApp sold to Facebook, then it will be a card. It sold for what, 19 billion? 19 billion and WhatsApp wasn't even making a profit. What were they buying? They were buying the database. They valued that individual. So with my 700,000 customers, you need to value that individual. I took the same proposal, even for our development organizations, and they couldn't understand why I was valuing this database and I was not bringing a house. They were asking me to go ask my dad for security. So instead of if my business dies, now you are killing the one thing that is supporting our whole family. I don't know how that model works. So as a country, I think we need to start looking at funding opportunities. Guys, we understand that 10 or 99 of them will fail, but you'll get that one unicorn as an entity that if you have placed your, your value in that, the payouts are great. So in short, that was my one message for government. You know, you know what Rwandas are doing, you know what the Ghanas are doing with the flat um, um, tax rates and all that. And you know, for, for me it's always painful when I get coveted by other countries to go set up there. You know, and I, I think I said this before when everybody being at the conference at Business Botswana. I should not be saying, well, the only reason I'm here is because our minister asked me, my investment in trade, to stay for the good of the, because we all want to serve our nation somehow. But at some point, we'll be attracted by other countries, your Mauritiuses, your Rwandas, like I mentioned. So let, don't, don't, don't make it easy for us to go, is what I'm saying. The last thing that I will say to the guys, like I said, you guys are always right. I'm not here to give you a lecture. This was just me sharing my perspective and really my journey on how I went there, on how I got to where I am. Is how can we connect with you guys and look for opportunities and partnerships? Don't reinvent the wheel. Don't do what I have done, but leverage on my skills and my business model, and I can leverage on yours. So if you have something that you guys want to push within my base, Mobotswana, fine, I'm here.